Well, that happened. The 2020 virtual NFL draft is officially in the books, and that was certainly one to remember. Now it's time to once again analyze who the biggest flops of the weekend were and who might propel their teams to playoff appearances in the near future. Your full draft recap is right here on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Blitz crew back at it as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, and today we have our full 2020 NFL Draft recap where we go through each and every team, we give them a grade, and we talk about their biggest decisions, whether they were good or bad. As always, we will begin our day with NFL headliners, the biggest news going around the league right now, obviously, outside of the draft. So starting from the top, we have everyone's famous 30-for-30 quarterback, Jameis Winston, who just signed a one-year deal with division rival the New Orleans Saints, despite quarterback Taysom Hill's new two-year extension. So Justin, is Jameis the answer for New Orleans after the Breeze era? I mean, I think he could be. I mean, this is a signing that's very reminiscent to the Teddy Bridgewater signing that we saw when he got traded to the Saints from the Jets. And Teddy really turned his career around when Drew Brees got hurt. Now, am I predicting that Drew Brees will get hurt in the 2020 season? I don't think so. But I think Jameis can really learn from Sean Payton and really learn from Drew Brees in this system for the New Orleans Saints. And he's got the weapons. I think that if Brees coaches him up enough, he could sign a multi-year deal after this season, especially if he gets a chance to start and at least starts one or two games and has a, at least one good game, I think he could sign a multi-year deal to maybe be the future of this franchise. I know in the past here on Beyond the Blitz, you've been very high on Jameis Winston and his potential progress he could make. You had him ranked as a top 25 player going into next season. Do you still stand by that statement, Justin? Do you still think Jameis could potentially be that number one guy? I think he can be that number one guy. The only thing he has to really cover up is those turnovers and I think with the right mentorship um, especially with Drew Brees I think he could get those turnovers over with all right man moving on the NFL draft just set an all-time viewership record breaking last year's record will this continue or is it only because there was no sports going on at the time I think it could continue I mean Roger Goodell said there were a couple of things that they wanted to keep from this virtual draft. I mean, it just all depends. I mean, yes, you said there are no sports to watch right now. So that makes sense why a lot of people are watching it. It's never going to be this high ever. The 55 million viewers that they had in a three-day event, there's no way that they're going to get this again. But I think a lot of people who never watched a draft before watching this, I think they're at least going to come back next year and see what a real live draft is usually like. And they may be hooked like we are every year for the draft. And so I think they're going to get a lot of sustainment for these drafts, but not as much as 55 million a year. I just want to take a second and personally say how impressed I was with how they handled the draft format this year. I thought the virtual draft was great. It was a little awkward at first just because we're used to a certain way of doing things. But I think that Goodell and just all the staff really did a fantastic job analyzing. There was no bandwidth issues like there were in the warmups. The viewership was great and very well deserved so. I liked how we could see all the coaches' houses and what was going on in their little personal war rooms. I fairly enjoyed this draft. Yeah, I mean, same. They did a great job with this draft. And 
Goodell get a, did a good job. I mean, as NFL fans, I mean, honestly, does it really matter if it's a live draft or not? We just want to know the picks and we just want to know who gets drafted. And there was still a lot of hype around this draft, even though it was a virtual draft. Two San Francisco 49ers trades happened this past week as they traded wide receiver Marquise Goodwin to the Philadelphia Eagles, swapping sixth-round picks. I'm not sure exactly how quality of a trade this was for the 49ers, but for the Eagles, you know, they're getting a pretty solid guy. What do you think? This was an easy win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Deshaun Jackson, he is injury-prone, and he's the speedster that they have on that team, and Goodwin also a speedster and so I think they're trying to go a certain way here you lost Nelson Aguilar you just added a receiver in the first round of the draft so you're you're trying to form your receiving core I think Goodwin is a great find here and only swapping six round picks you didn't even really give up anything except 10 positions in the draft good trade for the Eagles So the other San Francisco 49ers trade was they got rid of Matt Breida, gave him to the Miami Dolphins for a fifth round pick. Now, Matt Breida, I think, is a potentially star running back who never truly got his chance to shine in San Francisco's system. So how well do you think he'll perform in Miami? And was he worth the fifth round pick that 49ers got for him? I think he was definitely worth a fifth round pick. I think both sides won this trade. Honestly, I would have liked to see the Dolphins draft a running back instead of get a running back through trade. But Burita, I mean, there's lots of running backs going around in San Francisco. Good trade for the Dolphins. I think they're going to have more of a running back by committee, uh, have a couple of running backs go. They're not going to have a bell cow running back. I don't think he's going to be that bell cow running back that takes all the snaps. I think he's going to share a lot of snaps with Jordan Howard, who they got in free agency. Um, but this is a good pickup right here for the Miami Dolphins. You use Breida to drive down the field and launch drives, and then Jordan Howard to pounding into the end zone. I think this will be a pretty good one-two punch running back system. Neither one will break a 1,000 yards by any means necessary. But I think Matt Breida could be upwards of six, 700 yards, Jordan Howard right around the 500 mark. So all in all, I don't think this was a pretty bad trade for Miami at all. The Washington Redskins traded left tackle Trent Williams, finally, to the 49ers of all teams for a 2025th and a 2021 third round pick. Now, who won this trade? Yes, Trent Williams was leaving Washington no matter what. He wanted out of there so bad. But could the Redskins have maybe potentially fished a little bit more for him? Yeah, I mean, I heard a rumor last year during the season at the trade deadline, there was an offer of a first round pick for Trent Williams. Why they didn't take that offer? Maybe because they thought if Bruce Allen was gone, then they would have a chance to get Trent Williams back. Obviously not the case now. And also, I feel like Trent Williams just had too much control over this trade. I mean, he was almost traded to the Minnesota Vikings, and they would have gotten a good haul for him that I think it would have been at least a second round pick. Uh, I still think this is a good haul, though. The Redskins, uh, just like the Steelers did with Antonio Brown. I think it's the same kind of situation. They were just trying to get something for him. And I think both teams really won this trade. But obviously the 49ers, they are getting a good left tackle, especially with Joe Staley retiring a great left tackle for a lot of years for the San Francisco 49ers. Trent Williams, a good trade for the 49ers. I agree with everything you just said. The 49ers are a team that just keep getting better. A team that made it to the Super Bowl and is going to try to go back to back and get there again and perhaps get it done this next year. And Trent Williams is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. A great pickup to add to an already great team. 
And finally, last but not least, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has announced that he will go without salary in the midst of NFL cutting the pay of league employees. What are your thoughts on this? As Roger Goodell said, quote-unquote, during this time, one goal has been to maintain pay and benefits for our workforce for as long as possible. I think this is awesome. Uh, this is a good sign, I think, for the NFL. And just for Roger Goodell, I mean, he's gotten a lot of bad crap the past couple of years with how he handles um, some bad situations for players and for teams. And I think this is just selfless. This is exactly what you want to see in a commissioner. Now, it's kind of fuzzy whether these the millions of dollars that he's basically forfeiting are going to go to some of these to some of these employees that are getting their pay cut. Um, there's a lot of just, um, question marks around that, but overall, just for image wise, I think this is good for Roger Goodell and good for the NFL. Roger Goodell, by no means necessary, is someone who I've thought very highly on in uh, the last few years. However, this year's kind of made me, you know, think otherwise. And he's not the world's greatest commissioner of enemies necessary, but the way he handled the draft day, that was that must have been exhausting work for him. All three days, he was there the whole time. The way he kind of absorbed the potential hate and the booing, you know, that whole little thing going on, he kind of just brought some light to it and then announced him this no trade. I mean, he doesn't need any more money, so good for Roger. All right, and now, as Brandon said earlier, we are going to go into our 2020 NFL draft grades going from an F to an A. So we're going to go through each NFL team to see how they did during this draft and whether they improved their team enough to go to the playoffs. And we're going to start with the Washington Redskins. Brandon, what did you give the Redskins? I gave the Redskins an A-. minus. They had a position where it was hard to screw this one up. They got Chasey on the best quality player in the draft. Now, they had no second-round pick, given that. However, they got uh, Gibson, who's a very quality receiving back into third-rounder, potential steal. They had got Gandy Golden, who is a pretty good target for Haskins. And despite not having that second-round pick, they got quality guys. They got depth at the position they needed. They filled holes, and they got the best draft prospect. It's hard not to give them anything less than an A. Not quite an A-plus because there was a couple of big talents. I think they missed out on not having that second-round pick. Obviously hurt them. But an A-minus, a great grade and a great draft. I'm going to have to disagree with you. Redskins get a B-minus on this draft grade. I think Chase Young, they finally didn't botch uh, the second overall pick here. This is a great pick. Chase Young, he's going to be a great player for this team for the next 10-plus years. But I'm going to disagree with you on the Antonio Gibson pick. They have so many running backs on that roster. It's insane why they would pick a running back here in the third round, especially when they have other needs they can really be going to. I just think they could go defense, really sure up that defense in the third round. Don't know why they didn't. But I do like the linebacker out of Michigan that they picked in the later rounds. And Hudson, I think he could be definitely a player that could maybe even make a Pro Bowl um, in the next five years for the team, somebody they can coach up. Uh, But overall, I think the Redskins could have done a lot better with this draft. So I'll give them a B-. minus. Well, Justin, what you got to remember with Gibson here is that they have good running backs on their team, yes. However, they all, every single one of them, have injury troubles. AP is not getting any younger. Thompson can't seem to stay healthy for a whole year. This team needs that help. Geis has been injured on and off. So Gibson stepping in when it's inevitable that one of these running backs will go down, he'll come up and he'll take over that quality role, especially as a rookie. Well, I mean, you also got to think about roster spots on this team. I mean, are you going to risk having five running backs on your roster? Trade bait. So you got to you gotta think, yeah. I mean, you were talking about trade bait with Geis. 
So you could have that, but also, I mean, you're talking about injuries. So it's just a balance of whether you want to keep all these running backs on your roster, have some trade bait. It it just all depends here. And now our next team we're going to go to is the New York Giants. Brandon, what do you got the grade for the Giants? Ah, the Giants. I gave them a D plus. They reached, and I mean reached, at number four for Andrew Thomas. Yes, Andrew Thomas is a good quality offensive lineman. However, I don't even think he was top five available. You got Betton on the board, who is a tackle that was, in my opinion, leaps and bounds better. Tristan Worse was better. A lot of really good quality players. Uh, Jedrick Wills, I feel like, is better. So this pick at number four baffled me. If anything, trade back if you don't really want any of these guys. But I don't like the number four pick. Xavier McKinney uh, will be nothing but a backup. They already have... Bethea and Peppers on their roster. So to draft another safety in the second round kind of baffles me a little bit. Doesn't really fill any holes. Yes, McKinney is a great player. However, it's not really a need for them. And they had four seventh round pits. And I feel like they use this as a crutch to fill in all of their holes on defense because they pitched four players in the seventh round alone on defense. And I feel like they use this as a crutch when they shouldn't have. I can agree with you on a lot of those points, and I'm going to give the Giants a C plus. All of your points you said about Andrew Thomas, he was not even the best O-tackle available at four. Uh, botched another top five pick right there. Xavier McKinney, and you said he's not really in need, but one player I think of when I think of this Xavier McKinney pick is the Landon Collins pick uh, four years ago, four or five years ago for the New York Giants. And it wasn't really a need for them, but they saw it was the best player available and they went up and got him. I think this is a great pick for the New York Giants. You talked about Thea. He's up there in age. He's not very young. So McKinney, I think, is a good pick. And then you just address a position they needed, a couple of positions in the late round picks. Again, like you said, seventh round is not the best place to get needs. It's really kind of just showing up and filling some, maybe not some holes, but adding depth. That's really what the seventh round is for. I think they shirt up that offensive line a little bit more in the later rounds. I like Pert. Uh, he's a good offensive lineman um, that they added. So I would give them a C plus here. And now the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, I'm hoping me and you are on the same page. In my opinion, one of the better drafts in this draft. Uh, what do you think? How do you think the Cowboys did in this draft, Brandon? We're going from the Giants to the Cowboys here. We have two opposite sides of the spectrum. I'd give the Cowboys an A+. One of the, if not the best drafts this year. They stole the best receiver in the NFL. And very late in the first round, which blows my mind that he was still there, but he took them right out of the Eagles' noses because he would have been going to Philly, who would have just destroyed Dallas in their coming years. So taking CeeDee Lane where they did to play on the other side of Amari Cooper will take pressure off of both of them, and they will both open up down the field, and that will help out Dak Prescott a lot. Cornerback Trayvon Diggs is probably the best second-round pick in this draft. He feels a great need. He was still there. Like I said, they didn't have to stretch anywhere. They just stayed where they were. They were patient. Patience was key this year and they got their guy. And they also got probably the best center in the draft in the fourth round, Tyler Bayadez. And they filled holes in their deteriorating elite offensive line still, especially with Travis Frederick leaving. So I think they did a great job of filling all their holes, getting the best talent available. So great draft by the Cowboys. I got to concur with almost everything you said, Brandon. C.D. Lamb, with their first pick, they went with a guy they didn't absolutely need. And for a Cowboys fan, it would be easy to say, oh, we got one of the best players in the draft, but also to worry because you weren't able to fill some of the holes you have. But then with the next three picks, the next three or four picks, they 
oh my gosh, they did they fill holes? And the thing is, normally a team only gets about one or two steals in this draft. The Cowboys got four. Yeah. Four. And a lot of those guys that you talked about, Baidez and Diggs, great players. But one guy I really want to talk about, Bradley Anai, a consensus All-American pass rusher, went, what, in the fifth round? Are you kidding me? This can be a guy you can put right on the other side of Demarcus Lawrence, look out for the Cowboys to make a playoff run specifically because of this 2020 draft class. And now going from one side of the spectrum to the other, just like with the Giants and the Cowboys, we're going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Brandon, what grade are you giving the Eagles here? Nothing impressive here. I gave them a C minus. They reached for Jalen Rager in the first round. I don't think by any means necessary. He was the best available at that position. Jalen Hurts quarterback in the second round is an absolute joke of a pick. Yes, Carson Wentz is very injury prone. However, when you're drafting in the early rounds of the draft, you can't think about what if my star quarterback goes down in the season, we need a backup. No, in the second round is the time where you fill the holes like receiver, for instance, and they didn't do anything right early in the draft. They picked up a couple of decent players later in the draft, so that kept him away from the D range. However, a couple of bad picks early in the draft knocked him down to a C- minus for me. For most teams in this draft, I know this draft is wide receiver rich, but why is it that so many teams are picking two to three receivers in this draft when they already have some quality receivers already on the team? I don't understand why teams are doing this. And the Eagles, I think they picked three wide receivers in this draft. I think they should have at least gone with two, probably two at the most. And Rieger, like you said, I mean, they had Justin Jefferson right there in the palm of their hand, the guy I thought they would wait, were waiting for. And then they go and get Rieger. It's, in my opinion, Nelson Aguilar all over again, possibly pick-wise. And But you already have guys like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Greg Ward already on the team. Why do you need to go and get more running backs? Uh, like you said, with Hertz, um, I think he could be a good long-term backup, but why do you waste a second round pick on a backup and then I think they got some good prospects like you said later so I'm going to give the Eagles a C here and now going to the NFC West we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals Brandon what do you got for them this was a team hard for me to analyze. I kept going back and forth between A plus A and A minus. I ended up settling in the middle at an A. They got the best available, which I am a huge fan of best available. They got Isaiah Simmons. However, I'm not sure that linebacker was their biggest hole to fill at this time. Yes, they got the best player of the draft, which is why they had such a good start. However, they passed on Makai Betton, who in my opinion is the best offensive lineman in this draft. So that was my argument back and forth between an A and an A+. I settled on an A because I do think Makai Betton would have been the better pick here. However, no hate against Isaiah Simmons. He is a dog. And they got a pretty good offensive tackle to replace this hole in the second round and Josh Jones, who I think will step up and fill a decent hole early in the season. Also, I think the seventh round running back Eno Benjamin is going to be one of the sneakiest surprises of this draft. I think he's going to step up in this Cardinal system and he's going to perform. I'm going to concur with you on a lot of what you said, but I'm going to give the Cardinals a B here. Uh, I love this Isaiah Simmons pick. Uh, They address defense the most in this draft, which is exactly what they need to address. The offense got so much better this offseason with re-signing Kenyon Drake and then getting DeAndre Hopkins. And getting DeAndre Hopkins really was great for them in the long run because then they could fill in holes they have on this defense. Like you said, offensive line is really what they needed to get. I wish they would have gotten more offensive line in this draft, but they didn't. Jones, a great steal. I think one of the better steals in this draft. Maybe should have gone the first round, but Isaiah Simmons, man, this is a guy that's going to – 
cover George Kittle for the next four or five years, man. You need a linebacker. And he's a linebacker-safety hybrid who can definitely cover those tight ends and even some wide receivers. Great pick here. He's going to be the leader of that defense for the next 10 years. So I give him a B. He'll be competing with Chase Young for defensive rookie. Oh, definitely. And now going to one of the first teams we have that did not have a first-round pick, the Los Angeles Rams. What do you got for them, Brandon? Yeah, I gave them a C right here in the middle of the pack. There's not too much to like. There's not too much to hate. They're just, in my opinion, the most will-see team of the year. Uh, Cam Akers is okay, but he's definitely no Todd Gurley replacement. Van Jefferson just isn't a second-round talent, so I think they kind of reached there. But they did fill some holes later in the draft that can um, compete for these starting positions. I actually kind of sneakily like the Rams draft. I'm going to give him a B here. Cam Akers, I like his upside a lot. He's, again, you can't really replace Todd Gurley with a rookie right away unless you draft a running back in the first round. But I think Cam Akers in the next couple of years, he can really be that number one back that they need. Jefferson, he's only had 13 drops in his career. So I think you just need a guy with sure hands and already having Cooper Cup and Woods on your team. He could be a good number three on your team but however they do have a good receiving core so i'm wondering why they went with a receiver in the second round wish they would have found a replacement for andrew withworth sooner honestly to get a tackle um, but i like terrell lewis on the other side of leonard floyd and i think burgess could be a good replacement for eric weddle um so i think they addressed the right positions but maybe at the wrong times um like a lot of teams did in this draft so i'll give them a b and how about another team here in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks? What do you got for them, Brandon? All right, well, I gave the Seahawks a C plus. Um, my biggest argument right here, and you know, I might be wrong. Uh, maybe the Seahawks scouts knew exactly what they were doing. Maybe they see something I didn't, and there's always those surprise players. Maybe this is one of them. But in my opinion right now, Brooks over Queen? Are you kidding me? I mean, you practically gave the Ravens one of the best defensive players in the draft by just passing on him a pick later. Brooks, he's not a bad player, but he's no Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen is a fast, elusive linebacker that can cover the field and fill the run. Uh, great player. Passing on him is absolutely mind-blowing, in my opinion. Uh, they got a bunch of quality depth picks in the draft. Uh, nothing spectacular. No one, I think, is going to blow your mind as uh, the season goes on or seasons to come. But it's a bunch of depth guys who might fill on at C+. Yeah, I'm going to concur a lot of what you said, Brandon, and give them a B- minus here. And this is one of those picks where when it's picked, you're like, oh my gosh, why didn't they not pick Patrick Queen? They picked Brooks here. But this could be one of those picks five years from now that we say, wow, did they get a good player with this pick? So it's really up in the air here. I mean, yes, uh, a lot of people freaking out why they would let Patrick Queen go right into the lap of the Baltimore Ravens. But I, I kind of like this pick. He could be a good pick right here. He's going to sit behind Bobby Wagner for a couple years. Um, so I think this could be potentially a good pick. But for the Seahawks, the one thing I have to say is, why did you draft so many tight ends? I don't understand. Is Will Disley not enough for you? Like, I, I get a backup, but picking two tight ends pretty much in a row, I, I don't understand why they did it. I think they uh, should have gone more offensive line to get a uh, replacement for Upati because he's up there in age, the guard. They need an edge rusher and didn't get it. I, I just wish they would have picked an edge rusher instead of a tight end at any point in the draft. And now the former NFC champs, 49ers, two first round picks in this draft. Brandon, how do you think they did? Uh, I gave them a B. It wasn't 
bad. It wasn't mind-blowing. Kyle Shanahan is still finding ways to destroy the Atlanta Falcons long after he left by ripping away defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw right from out under their noses. A great pick for the 49ers. Fills a hole, but (laughs) it's just funny that the Falcons pick right after them after the history that Shanahan has with them because that was definitely Atlanta's guy. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I think they definitely messed up their draft process. So Javon Kinlaw, a great pickup uh, on the interior there to help an already boosted defense. Brandon Ayuk, um, I think he's the most will-see player in the first. I used that term with the Rams a few minutes ago, and I'm using that for uh, Brandon Ayuk here. He, I think, was a reach here in the first round. He's not a bad player, but I don't think that he was the best available here, especially with Higgins still on the board. I definitely probably at least would have went that route. Um, And after Joe Staley's retirement the same day, uh, they drafted uh, fifth rounder offensive tackle Colton Mikovitz. That pick makes sense in light of the new uh, Staley retirement. He'll be okay. He'll definitely be no Joe Staley, but they had a couple of depth picks later on. Uh, Again, nothing mind boggling, so I keep him at a B. I think based on their first two picks, I would give them an A. Because I like Ayuk in that system. I think he would be a great number two. And like you said with Ken Law, I think Ken Law was probably the third best defensive player in this draft right behind Chase Young and Isaiah Simmons. So a great pick there. But then why did you trade up for Brandon Ayuk? I don't understand why why you had to give up some of the picks that you got. I mean, you had the Buccaneers trade up. You got some picks from them. You got a fourth round pick. And so why trade that away to trade up for Ayuk? Maybe somebody was going to pick him. I don't know. The one reason I wouldn't give them an A is because they didn't have more picks. They had no pick from the second round to the fourth round. So no pick in the second, third, or fourth round. That hurts because more picks equals more depth at multiple positions, which I think is what this team needs right here. I mean, you got a couple good draft picks um, in some of the trades you made, and especially getting Trent Williams. That is huge. Uh, for this team but I think there's a lot that they could have done they could have really traded out of the first round and gotten a quality receiver Um, but I think Ayuk was pretty good so I'll give him a B plus I want to go back on something real quick you said that Kinlaw was the third best defensive player in this draft so you'll put Kinlaw over Derek Brown oh yeah I'll put Kinlaw I think Kinlaw is a better defensive tackle than Brown okay going to the NFC North now we got the Detroit Lions having the third overall pick in this draft, Brandon, how do you think this team did with multiple top picks? All right, you ready for a surprise right here? The Detroit Lions get an A-plus for me. One of the few A-pluses I give, um, Akuda, DeAndre Swift, Julian Arquara, all great picks. They were the best available players. They were the best holes that they needed to fill. I don't think those three picks could be any better than they are. The rest of the draft, they spent filling holes, getting quality talent, and some competitors. I love the Detroit Lions draft. This is the first Detroit Lions draft they did not botch. I'm telling you. This is one of the first picks, like the Washington Redskins with the number two overall pick. They didn't botch the pick. They got Jeff Okuda, they got the guy they wanted, and they didn't trade back. I mean, I I think they wish they would have traded back, but they didn't get the haul they wanted, and they stuck with their guy. I love it. My favorite pick of this entire draft, or at least the Detroit Lions, DeAndre Swift. This is the guy you needed for your offense. They have not had a good running back since Barry Sanders retired. This is the guy to change it all around. He is an elusive back 
He's an every down runner. I think he can take the pressure off of Matthew Stafford, who's getting up there in age. I think this offense is going to start being a ground and pound offense, which I think it needs to be with Matthew Stafford getting up there in age, like I said earlier. Offensive line, addressing that was huge for them. But also Aquara, he's one of those guys who I think is a boomer bust candidate. I think he's a project, but this could be a huge steal if he works out. I will give the Lions a B plus here. I've been saying it for weeks. DeAndre Swift is the best running back in this draft. To steal him in the second round is huge. And we go to the Chicago Bears, another team that did not have a first-round pick because of the Khalil Mack trade. How do you think they did without a first-round pick? Uh, yeah, I give the Bears a C plus here. Uh, I originally had him in C minus, but I bumped him up a little bit because I think Jalen Jennings at 50 is an absolute steal. I think he could potentially be the second best corner in this draft. So to get him uh, middle in the second, I think is a great pick. Uh, Cole Komet, definitely a good tight end. Uh, however, they now, if you look at it, they have 10 tight ends on their roster. I don't see the logic in making your first pick a tight end when you already have so many tight ends. Yes, he might be the best of the bunch, but they obviously have no idea what they're doing in the office. And I think the Bears definitely harmed from the distance. Yeah, I think honestly with that tight end pick, they panicked. Um, they had to jump on the opportunity because I'm guessing they thought the Pats were going to get commit. So they went on him, but... They must have gotten some advice from the Seahawks and just drafted a bunch of tight ends. Like I, I just don't understand why they're doing that. I like I like Jalen Johnson. He was a great pick. Uh, I think he was one of the biggest steals in the draft. Like you said, number two corner, good. Um, wish they would have addressed the wide receiver position instead of the tight end position. To be honest, they had some good wide receivers there left in the second round. It would have been nice to have a number two behind Allen Robinson for Trubisky or Foles, whoever's their quarterback is going to be to throw to. I, I think Commit could fit in that system, but I'm not quite sure. So I'm going to give him a B minus here. And next in the NFC North, we got the Minnesota Vikings. What do you think about the Vikings? How they do with two first round picks in this draft? All right. The Minnesota Vikings have my second to last A plus grade. I loved the Vikings draft. They had fifth 15 draft pits, 15 pits. That's unheard of. Justin Jefferson was the best available. I loved best available. And to get him where they did, great. Uh, they traded, got some good stuff out of the trades. Uh, they got cornerback Jeff Gladney, who is also best available at the time, can also step up and immediately make a difference and fill a recent hole that the Vikings defense just made. And a hole bunch of depth which when you're a team that could make a playoff push and go deep into the playoffs successful teams are the teams with the most depth they're the teams where your seconds make your firsts better and that's what the vikings did they got a lot 15 picks of rookie talent and i think every single pick that they had will be competing for a position within the next three to four years yeah, I'm going to give the Vikings an A- minus here. Like a lot of what you said, Jefferson and Gladney both steals at positions they needed to fill. I think Jefferson's going to be a starter right away. Gladney's going to be a starter right away. Second round, they probably avoided a big trade with the Redskins by not trading for Trent Williams. They got Cleveland instead uh, at offensive tackle. This could be a huge get for them. And then Troy Dye is a great depth pick at linebacker, man. This guy's got speed. I think he could really do well with this defense. Honestly, probably the best. Like you said, 15 draft picks, the best depth draft for any team in this draft, A-. And going from a good draft grade to maybe not the best, the Green Bay Packers. What do you got for the Packers? Uh, you're too nice on the Packers, man. We're going from probably my best draft grade to easily my worst. My only F 
given this year goes to the Packers. I disliked everything that they did. And I was high on the Packers all last season. I had them as my Super Bowl winners for a lot of the postseason. And then they come into the draft and oh my goodness. Justin, you did call this pick. You called it and I'll give you credit for it because you called it. However, that doesn't make it any less laughable. Quarterback Jordan Love in the first round. Yes, they look at the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers comparisons. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, the same age he was when he was drafted with Brett Favre and all that stuff, whatever. No, 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 no. Jordan Love was not going to go in the first round. He could have possibly sipped to the fifth round. To get him in the first round is straight up laughable. Give your offense some help. They need help. This is a team that can still go to the Super Bowl, and they did absolutely nothing to get better today. They need to get better today. They're not rebuilding. This is not a rebuilding team. This is a team trying to go to the Super Bowl, and they went with a backup quarterback with their first round pick when they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL who still has at least another five to six years on him. Laughable. I hate everything about that pick. Another hot take. A.J. Dillon will be a bust. He will, especially sitting behind Aaron Jones, he'll always get overshadowed his entire career. I don't think he'll ever have a season where he breaks 500 yards. Dillon looks like a decent draft prospect. He'll be a bust in the Packers system. And nobody else that they drafted will ever see the field. They got zero. Yes, a whopping zero help for Aaron Rodgers. None of the other players who drafted, I think, will ever see the field. And if they do, they won't be great. They'll be easy targets for people to uh, systematically scheme for if they do see the field because they'll be easy to pick apart because they're young, unexperienced rookies who are not going to be put in the system they need to succeed. And why did they go so defensive heavy? They had one of the most improved defenses from the previous year to this last season. So why did they go so defensive heavy when they obviously need offensive help? There were so many good offensive prospects available at every single pick they were, and they went the exact opposite route. Every single pick they made was wrong. F. That's my spiel for the day. I'm going to give the Packers a C- minus here, which is my lowest grade, just like with you having an F for them. Uh, I will say Jordan Love is not the reason why this is probably the worst draft class out of any of the teams in the 2020 draft. I think it was the right pick, but they didn't have to trade up for him. Uh, Like you said, fifth round, maybe not. I think he would have been a really good second round pick, but trading up for him, not the best thing to do, but I think he's a good fit. He's the same build and then plays the same way as Aaron Rodgers does. I think a good pick, but maybe not the best place to pick him. And then uh, I don't know what the heck they did the rest of this draft. They need a number two receiver. You need a number two corner. And you didn't get one of those positions. You didn't get a corner at all in this draft. And you didn't get a receiver at all in this draft. I don't understand what they're doing. I'm really hoping the Green Bay Packers prove me wrong with this draft class. But I just don't see it right now. And now we're going to another team that had a top 10 pick in the draft. And we're now going in the NFC South with the Carolina Panthers. Brandon, what do you got for them? I give the Panthers a solid C. Uh, I didn't know how else to rank them, so I gave them the most average grade you can, and here's why. They passed on the best available player, Isaiah Simmons. I am huge on drafting best available. Isaiah Simmons would have filled a massive hole with Luke Keekley leaving that defense. He was the pick. Um, Derek Brown's not a bad player. In fact, we had Carl on our show last week who picked him in the mock draft. Yes, Derek Brown fits well enough, but Isaiah Simmons is still there. Why not go and get him? Derek Brown isn't bad. However, they pass on the best available, so they bumped down a couple of grades for that. Yerder Gross Matos was a great second-round steal. Don't get me wrong. 
he is a great pick. He'll step up immediately and fill the gaps. However, two in, uh, interior linemen early in the draft, questionable enough. And then the rest of the draft, if I believe right, this is the only time it's ever happened where a team went all defense in the draft. And there's a reason this doesn't happen. There's a reason no team has ever done that. It, it, that doesn't happen by coincidence because it's not a good idea. This is a team that has horrible offensive problems. You have one dude, one guy on the offensive side of the ball that can do anything worth mentioning, and they didn't do anything to help out that team. So I gave them a C because, yes, they got some good talent. I don't think that they made the correct decisions in the long haul. Brandon, I think you're going to really disagree with me. I'm giving the Panthers an A- minus here. Uh, here I think addressing all defense there's a lot of problems with that but you said they have a lot of holes I mean their offensive line and maybe another receiver and maybe a tight end to replace Greg Olson but I think they believe in that backup tight end they have there so going all defense is not a bad idea for Matt Rule who is going to really be starting to really build this franchise from the bottom down how do you do that you do that with defense in my opinion first three picks they got three players on defense that they can build their franchise around. Derek Brown, Yuri Grossmanos, and Jeremy Chin. Three guys who I think could have easily gone the first round. Chin in the late first round. And they got them, I think, in the third round. Three guys you can easily build your team off of. They provided for a need at cornerback. I think they did great on this defense. I think they'll probably win five games. And then next year will be the draft where they address a lot of the offense. This is going to be a long process for Matt Rule. And I think he's just trying to build from the bottom up here. And how about another team? A team that a lot of people are saying are about to try to make a Super Bowl run this year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you think about this draft? I almost gave this team an A+. Uh, there was so much I liked about it. However, there's one decision they made that I had to knock them down an entire letter grade. They got a B plus. All in all, a great draft. Uh, the Tristan Wurst trade, they traded up one pick uh, on the surface level. You're like, well, why did they do that? They got Tristan Wurst, who was the best offensive lineman available, and I think leaps and bounds better than the next available. And the 49ers are going to trade away that pick regardless. I think they were getting a lot of calls. The Buccaneers knew that. So they traded up to make sure that they were going to get Tristan Wurst no matter what. I think that was a good pick. Antoine Winfield, a great pick, a safety that's going to fill the system immediately. His father sat and intercepted uh, his new starting quarterback, Tom Brady, in a game. So that's a funny little off-note thing. So I think Winfield's going to be a playmaker right away. The reason I bumped them down is because they passed on my guy, the best running back in the draft, DeAndre Swift. The only thing this team needed on the offensive side of the ball to truly make Tom Brady look like that elite quarterback outside of the Patriots system was to give them a number one running back. And they were so close, but they passed on him. They passed on DeAndre Swift. If they would have gotten him here, I would have given him an A plus, but instead I gave him a B, uh, B plus. I'm going to give the Buccaneers an A- minus for this draft grade. I think Wirfs was the best possible situation the Bucks thought they could be in. Wirfs makes that offensive line so much better, that offense so much better. Their Super Bowl aspirations so much higher. Uh, at, this offense is stacked, and Wirfs is one of the biggest reasons. I think they should have gone running back. Uh, that's the reason why they don't get an A here. They should have gone running back in the second round. But Winfield, man, does he secure that secondary, a secondary that's actually pretty decent a very underrated secondary so i like winfield here they got the best running back available in the third round with the running back out of vanderbilt but honestly they could have 
gotten a running back sooner. Uh, Tyler Johnson is one of my favorite picks for this team besides worse. Uh, he's a good wide receiver, a steal for them. And they got some guys who can fill the roster, so I'll give them an A-. minus. And Brandon, how about your team, the Atlanta Falcons? Or what grade do you give them? The Falcons are a team where you're not sure if they should be focusing on rebuilding or focusing on making a push. They're right there at their line. I feel like this draft was their chance to prove whether or not they should be focusing on rebuilding or not. And boy, did they botch it. I give the Falcons a D minus. AJ Terrell was easily the worst first round pick of this draft. He wasn't only not the best available, but he was maybe the fourth best available at his position. So to get him here, a penalty prone individual like he is, he's physical, yes, but he's too physical. He's not a super smart player. He plays with his emotions. Pick him here just doesn't make any sense to me. They passed on Clayvon Chison, who just also confuses me because that would have filled their need perfectly. Um, and then the next draft, I was thinking, oh, the Falcons can get uh, a linebacker here, Zach Bond, to make up for not picking Chase on earlier. It made sense, but they didn't do that either. They got Marlon Davidson, who it's just not the pick that they need to get here again. I don't think he was even best available in his position. Uh, he'll probably end up being a starter or at least a second stringer, but he's just not going to make the impact that Zach Bond could have when they pass on him. And the only thing that kept me away from giving them an F, because I didn't like any of the pits that they did this draft, the only thing that kept him away was picking up center Matt Hennessy in the third round. I think this is a really good center. You have Mac already as your starting center. He's one of the, if not the best center in the NFL. He's going to be retiring any day now. So picking up a center right now to learn under him and step up and be another top caliber center, I really liked that pick. Other than that, nothing the Falcons did were right. I would be calling for Thomas Dimitrov's head after this. I give them a D minus. Uh, for me, I think it was an average draft. Uh, I'm going to give it a B here, and you're probably not going to agree with this. But honestly, if I was the Falcons, I would have traded down. If you really thought AJ Terrell was your guy, I would have traded down, especially with CD Lamb still on the board. Why not trade down to a team who really, really is desperate for a wide receiver and get more draft capital? I don't understand why they did that. I think Terrell's a solid cornerback. I think I think he was picked too high. But honestly, I think he was one of the better players on their board, and they knew the Raiders loved him, and so they just decided to pick him there. Like you said with Hennessy, I love this pick. I think he's going to be the starter in his second year when Mac retires. And Marlon Davidson, I think, is a good pick. Again, not the position they need to go at. They could have gotten an edge rusher. And Zach Bond, who's one of my favorite players in the draft, who I'm going to talk about next with the Saints. But Davidson, not a bad pick here, so I'll give him a B. And speaking of the New Orleans Saints, the last team that we're going over in this episode uh, in the NFC, how do you think the Saints did with the picks that they had? I'd give them a B. Um, If they had more than four picks, I would have probably graded them a little bit higher. However, it's hard to grade a team super well when you only have four picks to work with. However, what they had, they worked great with. Uh, They got easily the best center in the draft, Cesar Ruiz. I think he was a great pickup. You know, always help out that offensive line. You have that veteran quarterback back there. You don't want him getting hit any more than he already is. And as you were just saying with Zach Bond, they got him here. The Falcons had a chance to keep him out of their division rival's hands. They messed that one up. The Saints traded up, and they got him a great caliber trade, a great caliber pick. Zach Bond fills holes the Saints desperately needed to fill. And this is a team that still has all the tools they need to make a playoff push, and every single pick that they made here helps them with that. So they get a B. I think of the Saints here, they're one of those teams I'm not going to give a terrible grade to. 
I'm going to give him a B- minus here, but a lot of head scratchers, really. I mean, I love Cesar Ruiz here, but they already have Eric McCoy at center on the roster, and he's a pretty good center. So I maybe they're going to kick him to guard, or maybe kick Ruiz to guard. Uh, but that That's kind of surprising, but a good pick, though. I love the Zach Bond pick, man. You know I was high on him. I was hoping the Seahawks maybe would have drafted him. That's who I had him going to in our mock draft. Um, but Zach Bond, and he's a very underrated player. Love him. But the reason why I gave him a B minus here, why did they pick a, a tight end so high? And also listen to the draft picks they traded to get this tight end. This is the reason they have four draft picks. They traded pick 130, 169, 203, and 244 to go up and get a tight end who maybe not the best in the draft. I, I don't understand why these teams are getting tight ends when this is probably one of the worst tight end classes we've seen a long time again not knocking any of the tight ends that got drafted i'm sure they're gonna have some great careers but i just don't know what some of these teams are doing at tight end the saints know that their window to win is very small they want to win now because they know if they don't win now they probably never will so i'm okay with them doing what they did because they have a small window All right. Well, that concludes this episode. Please join us same time tomorrow where we will finish up the AFC side of things since this was already going to be a long enough episode as it is. We're splitting this up into two. So we'll be back same time tomorrow. That's Saturday at 11 o'clock. But you can listen to us anytime you want. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So please join us whenever you want. As always, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, and we'll see you next time here on Beyond the Blitz. Stay purple.